As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Baseball Show on The Athletic Podcast Network. Swings here and he drives one deep in the center. Puig is racing back, still going back. He looks up, it's gone! Over the center field wall for Hunter Pence. Pence will touch them all and score them all. A grand slam for Hunter Pence. It's not easy when it's tough. That's when you find out what you're made of. You get so much Brisby in your ears if you want it. If you want Brisby, oh gosh, you get it. Anybody want coffee? I'm making coffee. Anybody want? Yes! 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 I'm a frequent coffee drinker. I'm part of the club. I have a card. You're listening to The Baseball Barista with Hunter Pence and Grant Brisby on the Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to episode number 10 of The Baseball Barista with Hunter Pence and Grant Brisby. I am Grant Brisby. I'm here with Hunter Pence. Hunter, how are you doing today? Grant, I am so excited for this show. As always, baseball continues to surprise me, and there's so many fun things happening this season. It is now officially a third of the way through the season. So baseball season, 162 games. Most of the teams have passed the 54 game mark. So this is your first season watching, and we talked about your view of how time passes. Is it surprising? Does it feel natural that we're a third of the way through the season? Or are you looking around going, what the heck, didn't it just start? How are you reacting to this passage of time? I mean, exactly the same as I said last week. Like, it feels like a third of the season's gone by in the blink of an eye. And I'm just like, what? A third of the season? Like, no way. Can we slow down? Like, and when you're playing, a third of the season is a, a huge toll on your body. You know, there obviously there's been tons of injuries and most of these guys are, you know, they're grinding right now. It feels like an eternity to be a third of the season as a player. That's something I wondered about. So a third of the season, we're like, oh, it's early. Oh, you know, you can always turn, you know, you're looking at a player's struggles and you're thinking, oh, don't worry, it's early. But when you're on the field, you're playing like a third of the season's like, oh gosh, oh, I'm creaky. I like, you know, it feels different. It hits different. Well, I mean, it's not necessarily like, oh gosh, but it's like you put in work because, you know, you got to, you got to add in like, 
you know, all of these guys getting ready in spring training, playing, you know, 30, 40 games there. The intensity of, you know, the start of the season and the emotions. And you're in your stride, you're in your rhythm, your body's used to it. You're doing all the ice tub, whatever you've got in your flow. But it's a, been a body of work for them. And, you know, staying healthy and working every day to get better, improve, like making adjustments. So it's easy street being a fan, just looking at it, like watching all of these shifts and changes and crazy things that have happened throughout the season. And, and some of these teams that are making some runs here, some pushes here, honestly, to me, I feel like it's been a roller coaster of like, you know, who's hot, who's not. The power rankings, I've been, you know, following what, you know, the MLB power rankings, I'm not sure who it is that votes on that, has just been a carousel in, in and of itself. But yeah, as a fan, it's been super fun to check, kind of look at it from a broad perspective through, you know, kind of a little bit of a Giants fan. Uh, eyes being here in San Francisco. and But as a player, you are grinding. Yeah, no, that that is... Good. It allows us to segue into what's going on with these uh, standings, the rankings, because a third of the way through the season for me, you really get a sense of, OK, this is legit, because if you have a team that's hot in April, they're hot. And it was like, wow, where did, you know, the Montreal Expos come from? And then May is when they're supposed to just all of a sudden play to the level you were expecting. So now you're looking at, you know, the Red Sox, you're looking at the Giants and you're seeing that they're doing this while also outscoring their opponents by a bunch, the run differentials there. And you start to go, oh, OK, you see a team like the Twins who aren't like charging up the central standings, but they're playing a little bit better. They're they're playing like they're not trapped, you know, in a in a vending machine. Like they're starting to be a normal baseball team. So you start to see things that become legit. So what are you seeing with these teams? Like are, are they're legit teams, illegitimate teams? What do you got? Well, you know, the, the Twins do look like they, they buried themselves quite a bit. And, uh, you know, they've had some big injuries and stuff. But, you know, you got to remember, it was just, you know, the last full complete season we had, you know, not the COVID season. The the team that won it all was the Nationals who, or maybe I'm, maybe I'm missing a year here, but the whole 2020 thing was like, uh, you know, Twilight Zone. But I believe that the Nationals, what was their record? They had like some like terrible start, like 17 and 30 or like something terrible similar to the twins and they just got hot and they beat the that that Dodgers team that had a hundred and you know a billion wins and they just took everyone down they even beat the Astros who you know in 2019 I was in their division and man did they they had Verlander Cole man talk about a totally different pitching staff here in 2021 both competing for Cy Young's both striking out 300 you know, they were just a juggernaut. So they took down both the Dodgers and the Astros, not to mention whoever else they beat in the uh, the championship series. So it's definitely possible. You can't sleep on on some of those teams uh, this way. I would love it, Grant, if you if you gave us the actual numbers though, of what the what the Nationals were when they when they made the turnaround. The Nationals, as of May 23rd, 2019, were 19 and 31. So, you know, deep, deep under 500. They had a little history. They had done that before. Like they had just buried themselves. And there was one year early in the Bryce Harper era where they, they couldn't quite get back. They got back to like 85 wins, but it was that early start that buried them, but they buried themselves. And so by the time June starts, by the time we're, you know, where we're standing right now, they were still six, seven, eight games under 500 and eight games back in the division. I mean, it took a run for them to get back. So yeah, yeah right now you think you know, you think you have a, a good handle on it and you probably do, but there's always like that Nationals team that's lurking in the background. 
That's what I'm saying. It's like you, we're we're watching this and we're watching this carousel of like the you know they're the power rankings, and then all of a sudden, so like the the twins, if there was it, and I'm sure that's who you're gonna say because we're we're bringing it out. But if there was a team, because the twins right now are 22 and 32, and that's not even quite as bad as like as 19 and 31. It's uh, they're 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 ahead of the 2019 World Series champion right now, and that's the bottom 10 and a half games back in the Central Division. If you were to pick a team that was going to do that is that who you're taking as the twins yeah i'm not seeing a ton you know i've mentioned the reds before i just think that the reds defense the more i watch the reds the the iffier they become is like you know they have uh, suarez playing shortstop they have just they're trying to get as much offense in there as possible and i'm not sure that that gamble's paying off so i think it's the twins you know i'm looking around uh the the blue jays have already started you know charging up a little bit more the angels maybe but they would need trout back they would need uh to get a little bit more on the starting pitching side so i'll go twins okay if, if i have to pick one of those teams that is like not even in it at all right now and all you know has a chance in my opinion to make a crazy push you're gonna be shocked here you're gonna be shocked here. i want to i want to hear before i even say this just because i like to play these games who would you guess that i would say if i starting with you're gonna be shocked here uh starting with you're gonna be shocked so i'm looking at the the teams yeah not the twins so if we're looking at teams that are sort of down not in the conversation right now you know there there are some that i feel comfortable writing off right away the orioles the pirates the rockies the diamondbacks i so i'm gonna go right back to the it's gonna be the nl east it's gonna be either the marlins or the nationals but i did the power rankings for the athletic this week and i called the the marlins one of the more underrated teams in baseball Right before they lost four games. So I'm going to go Marlins. They lost four games right before you called them the sneaky pick. Well, they have the pitching. They have the pitching. I don't know why they're kind of where they are, to be honest. I like pitching. I think they have some athletes. I think they have some talent. And I think they could get hot for sure. Another team, though, now that I mention it, and I'm looking at this and I'm remembering the Nationals from 2019, some teams that are kind of doing some stuff and things as, as as we say in the gaming world brewers and mariners mariners are you know they they were really hot then they kind of fell off then they and i'm just kind of like watching the kind of flow and i don't think that they have like the toronto blue jays like they got x factor potential they got springer they got glad they got bo bichette who hasn't necessarily gotten hot i don't know if he's been hurt or not teoscar hernandez who's one of the most underrated hitters uh in baseball and one of the hardest workers i played with him in the dominican He's amazing human. That's where I, I feel like we're doing this carousel of power rankings, and, and I feel like there's just it's so much stuff is up for grabs. But uh, you you pinned me on the Marlins. I can't believe it. I'm kind of hurt. <laughs> no, you know what? Because it's the pitching. You can't fake the starting pitching. When you have three starting pitchers who know, or like three starting pitchers who are just good, like you're going to go out there with Alcantara, Lopez, and Rogers, and, and you know you have a chance to win that day. It doesn't matter. Uh, who's hitting cleanup, if it's Adam Duvall or, or Garrett Cooper or someone who maybe isn't a prototypical cleanup hitter as far as the overall offensive package. But you can't fake the starting pitching. And when you have uh, Sixto Sanchez coming back uh, at some point, that's going to be four starting pitchers that nobody wants to face. And you can figure out, okay, this isn't working. This position isn't working. It's now July. Let's improve blank. Let's Let's get another outfielder. Let's get another infielder. You can do that. You can't fake the starting pitching quite as easy. Yeah, and speaking of starting pitching, 
Let's talk about the New York Mets and their, you know, obviously they're having some offensive struggles, but they have three starters. If the Mets get into the playoffs, it's going to be a nightmare. I don't care who you are. You're, what Strowman, Taiwan Walker, and, and DeGrom are doing right now is borderline nuts. It's crazy. So talk to me a little bit about, have you, have you, have you done any deep dive at all with the, with the Mets right now? And I mean, Lindor hasn't gotten hot yet, and I, you know he's gonna get he's gonna get going. I actually feel responsible for the Mets not running away with the division because I drafted like on my fantasy team, which which is National League only. It's like all Mets. I've got Jeff McNeil. I've got Brandon Nimmo. I've got Pete Alonso. Pete Alonso just came back. Everyone else on the injured list. Uh, even Degrom went to the injured list. Like the Mets are in a weird spot where they don't have the the shiniest run differential. That you know they're scored as much as they've given up. At the same time, even in a season where all teams are, are scuffling with injuries for the most part. The Mets have been hit particularly hard with McNeil, with Conforto, with Nimmo. You know, just go down the list and they've been hit really, really hard in that lineup with injuries. So the fact that they're in first in the East and they're the kind of trending upward, that says a lot to me because once they get McNeil back, once they get Conforto back and Nimmo back, it's a better lineup than I think that they've shown at any point this year. The Kevin Pillar coming back to hit and like I'm a huge Kevin Pillar grit fan just watching how he plays defense how hard he plays on the field it's it's inspiring as as a baseball lover to see someone that like gets hit in the face comes back two weeks gets a knock and you know that was a, that was a pretty special moment and you know what what he said after he got hit in the face is he's like my face will heal but like my heart's broken because i can't play that's some grit that you like that's some spirit that lights your team on fire and that's some leadership like you know, just just by act, your actions are leading, you know, and like you could feel that he meant it. He was genuinely like his face is all messed up and he's genuinely like my heart's broken because I can't be out there for the team. That is awesome. Like hats off to, to that mindset. And I really like feeling that. And like, you know, a lot of the Pete Alonzo story and stuff, when these guys get healthy, they have James McCann can hit like they're just maybe it's been cold. I'm not sure. But I expect this offense to get going because they're towards the bottom and run scored. But I remember I was looking at like run scored and I was pretty shocked to see that. So I think that they're, they're, their offense is going to pick it up. Lastly, Grant, what I really like besides obviously the three starters that are going to be great in a, in a potential playoff series is I look at their their bullpen. And, and this is what I think is the X factor for winning championships, like winning the World Series. And all of these guys are tried and true. All of these guys like have been been there, done that, having good seasons. These guys are horses. Edwin Diaz, Miguel Castro, Trevor May, Yuri's Familia, uh, having a great season, and he's disgusting when he's healthy. Just like solid Aaron Loop, uh, also a two five seven right now. So just a solid. There's there's five six guys right there that you you bring in the playoffs, and it's like these guys are going to set the tone. They're going to have mound presence, and they're going to bring the thunder. So, like, I like the way the Mets are looking. So, you know, the NL East is kind of interesting to me, and I'm surprised at how kind of underperforming they've been. But let's talk about the flows, like who's on the up right now, because I know there's a couple teams I want to talk about. I want to hear who you have to, to talk about. So if we're talking about teams that are on the up, it's going to sound like a little bit like a broken record, but I'm going to start with the team I know the best, which is the Giants, because after the Dodgers came into San Francisco and waxed them, it was a little bit of a, you know, cold water to the face. It was like, oh, okay, there's there's levels here. There are tiers, and the Dodgers are on this tier, and the Giants are on this tier. And then they went to L.A., they lost the first game. It's like, all right, this is just how it's going to go. They got two games in Arizona, some pretty crazy ones, too. 
But you know what? It's like you win Arizona. It's like, well, yeah, but you're supposed to. And like your brain starts playing these tricks. It's like, you know, every team's a, a tough game and like that's not how it works. But you're still thinking like, yeah, but you can't beat the Dodgers. They go and and they beat the Dodgers or they lose the Dodgers. Like, ah, this is just how it's going to be. Then they win three, the last three of the series to take that series. And all of a sudden it's a little bit different narrative. You know, the, the Giants are a legitimate team. And I, that's what I'm talking about. A third of the way through the season. It's hard to fake what the Giants are doing. There's still two-thirds of the season left. There's still pitfalls. There's still booby traps that, that can snatch any team. But they look like, you know, they belong in a lot of different ways. They're legit good. They can pitch. Yastrzemski getting the thumb injuries is not good, but they keep, you know, turning in a, a new guy and a new guy as as people go down. They have tremendous depth. They have really good pitching. That was in a, a, a really tight series. The That robbery of the Pujols home run, that fence is so much taller than you realize. Because like, I've gone and I like practice, like I, I visualize, you know, every field. Like you, you try to get your feel for the outfield. And like, I'm like, man, this fence is super high. Like it doesn't look that high, but it's like a 10 foot high-ish fence. And he timed that so ridiculously perfect. That was a very, very difficult catch. Very tough guy. And then he took 97 in the ribs like the next day and just kind of walked the first. So I love I love the gritty toughness of the Giants. And I'm a homer, so I don't want to sit here and like toot the horn of, of the Giants. But they are in first place right now. And the the team that I wanted to to pinpoint and 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 another division that's so, so many interesting divisions. Like there's so much up for grabs. We're third of the way through the season, and I don't think we've defined anything. And and they want to do power rankings, but it's still a Ferris wheel as far as I'm concerned. The Chicago Cubs are now in the Central Division lead. They just like. I think they played three games. They took two out of three from the Padres. And these Padres were on fire. They just lit up the Astros. They were lighting up everybody. And the Astros are hot too right now, by the way. There's there's another team. So Cubs, Astros are like my two teams that I'm watching. Like They're doing this stuff and things. Talk to me a little bit about your, your thoughts on the Cubs and the Astros right now. Yeah, the Cubs, uh, I mean, they started the season in a way where there was a lot of grumbling because their offseason was not a contender's offseason. They didn't get a U Darvish. They gave away a U Darvish. You know, they they kind of went into that offseason going, OK, we've got we've got some maintenance to do and the salary and this and that. And like, that's not what you want to hear if you're a Cubs fan. You you waited 100 years to get your one championship and that's it. Poof, you know, let's rebuild. Like, you don't want to hear that. So when they started the season, as slowly as they did the grumbling was intense and i i you cannot blame that the hittings come around uh the pitching is is definitely coming around like kyle Hendricks looked like he was woof on something bad and now he's starting to pitch better he's starting to look like kyle Hendricks again you've got components here and you can look toward the offseason when you've got rizzo and Baez and brian as free agents and you know what are the cubs gonna do i get that at the same time, they're hitting, they're playing, they're doing stuff now, and it, 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 they're a fun team to watch for sure. Yeah, I mean, honestly, their starting pitching is is very underwhelming. They got some bullpen arms right now. Dan Winkler's .51, Kirk Kimbrell .78, uh, really looking good. So if they can get to the pen, but here's what they're doing is they're banging. They really started slow with the hitting, but I, I think Bryant's having just an absolute incredible year. His OPS, 996. You know, him coming back and being the Chris Bryant has been awesome. My man Matt Duffy's brought a spark. But here's here's one that I'm very interested in. Uh, one of my favorite teammates, one a good teammate. We had some breakfast. Just one of the most positive guys. And he was going through one of the toughest years that you could ever have. Patrick Wisdom, four home runs in eight games. He is one of the most physically 
gifted athletes I've ever seen. And I remember he got he got sent back down to AAA with the Rangers, and I was checking in on him. And apparently, he got super hot towards the end of that year. He needed like he, he needed glasses and didn't know it. I mean, this guy is an absolute savage. Like he is so strong. And I mean, obviously you're seeing Javier Baez and he's doing what he does. And that was a huge series against the Padres. And, you know, they got Rizzo, they got Contreras, who's another just solid catcher, does everything right. You know, he's having a solid year, close to 800 OPS. So they have an offense and they have pitching that keeps them in it and a bullpen that shuts you down. So I think the Cubs are on the rise. And I think that 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 Padres series was kind of a statement. I could see that. I could see that. And, and you know, the Cubs have, with Patrick Wisdom, there's two things I like about this story. The first is the idea of he's not the first, he won't be the last. Players who are like, oh, I'm not seeing the ball as well as I could. Oh, you know, like that's like, a it's not a common trope, but it's like it happens and it fascinates me because it's like, holy, like of all the things like getting in shape, you know, lifting weights, like all the things you try and do to improve your, your physicality and stuff seeing the ball seems pretty dang important. So like, I love that story. If that, if that maintains, and also I just like the name, it's a baseball name, Patty Wisdom. You know what I mean? Like that just rolls off the tongue. So I know he's 29. He hasn't quite sustained this before, but I mean, if he can keep this going, like that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously not many at bats and I don't think he's going to keep a 1658 OPS going, He's going to bring some potential thunder. They're a team that I'm very intrigued by right now. And as we're like a third of the way through the season, and I'm, I'm, I'm calling it the Ferris wheel right now, because I think we have a lot more drama to go through. But I do like that the White Sox-Cubs series is going to be pretty intense because they're both leading their divisions. The Indians haven't fallen out of it, and I haven't given them any... I, I keep like not even really looking, but they just keep being good. And you know, I know that there's good baseball people in that organization, They've always they've they've been good for quite a long time now, so I just want to tell a little story, Grant. I, and and I know it's a little, it's probably too early, but we're a third of the way through the season, so I just want to keep things in perspective. And the Rays, by the way, we haven't we haven't brought them up or even gone to the AL East, so we have, we definitely have some more some more things to cover. But I just want to bring up this story as we're sitting where we are, a third of the way through the season, enjoying the drama unfold. I remember one day I was in Chicago. I think I was playing with the Phillies. It was 2011. And all of the divisions were, it was the last month of the season. There was a, a, a an article in the newspaper. And I was talking about how it's so boring because every division is completely out of range. Because like every division was like seven game differential. There wasn't a single division that wasn't, and this is the last month of the season, that wasn't divided by seven games. And this was the season that we had the magical game 162, where... The Cardinals made this crazy comeback where we beat the Braves on the last day. They swept the Astros to clinch the wild card spot. The Rays uh, ended up beating the Yankees, maybe. Longoria hit that crazy home run. And like everything was decided on the last day of the season. And the Orioles, the Red Sox were up big. The Rays were down big. And it was like whoever win, won that got into the playoffs or whatever. And the Red Sox ended up losing and blowing a lead to the Orioles. So the Orioles came back and won. And the Rays went to the, you know, extra innings or something. And then and then came back from like a – like they both came back from like a six-run deficit. It was the craziest – do you remember that game 162? I <laughs> – that was the first year as a professional baseball writer. So 2011 is the year that I am – 
down on, uh, you know, the, the depth chart, so to speak. So I am in charge of like handling breaking news and writing quick little bits, 150 word bits, building off of it. Build and so if in a normal day, one of those games happens, it's on me to break it out, to go through and be like, okay, here's what this means. Like Longoria, here's, here's the pitch sequence. Like, and I'm trying to break it down as best I can while going for speed, going for the Google rankings. And there's a little bit of a mechanical feel to it, but I'm also trying to make it interesting. But when every team in baseball is seemingly just going bananas and, you know, the Cardinals came back from like a nine game deficit that September. So they had to climb their way back up like everything about that game was bananas. And so, yes, I was not prepared for that day. Uh, and I remember it very, very well. It was a wild, wild day. And I just want to reiterate that, like, you know, the Cardinals were nine games back in the last month of the season. The Twins are only 10 and a half with two-thirds of the season left, so we ain't seen nothing yet. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Who are you taking as like they're solid? They are gonna hold it down. Like this is the team because like I was big on the Cardinals and and we haven't even gone off you know them losing the lead in, in the Central Division. I know it's super early, but who's legit? Like you're not taking them off the throne. Are we talking Central or are we going throughout baseball? I'm talking just look at all the divisions. This team is not losing the throne. Okay, so if, if I'm going to talk a contest, you know, they're all contested. So you can make an argument for any team up there. I, I feel really, really, really comfortable. Everything about is the super White Sox. contested right now. I feel comfortable about the White Sox. In again, it feels like we just don't talk about the Indians. Like you brought them up. Every time I look, it's like they're I only two and a half back. Be, yeah, I expect the White Sox to be leading by like five games, six games, and the Indians are always sort of right there. And they're not hitting. And by not hitting, I mean like at all. They have a 218 team batting average. Their team on base percentage is 291. They're below the 300 mark. There's a stat that I always look at called adjusted OPS, which just gives you a real quick snapshot of how the league is doing, what the ballpark they play in. 100 is league average. If, you're, if your team OPS is like 110, you're doing great. The Indians adjusted OPS as a team is 84, which is bonkers. That is so far down there. So they're not hitting, which means, of course, that they're pitching. You've got, uh, you know, Bieber. You've got a bullpen that's doing some really good things. I just don't know if I can buy that offense. So I keep expecting the White Sox to go and stretch it. And they haven't done it yet, but that's if I'm going to pick one of the six division leaders to, to hang on without question, it's the White Sox. And I feel bad about ignoring the Indians, but White Sox. I think that that is the best pick. 
like as far as like because the, the the only other one that looks kind of solid. I mean, they have the honestly they have the biggest lead, so uh, it, it's it's the safest pick. The Rays is the other one, but you're looking at a division with like three other teams that could at any moment just get banana hot and just come back. So the it, man, it, it's a tough one. But you know who I'm actually gonna pick, and I'm I'm gonna actually pick a team that's not in first place. And ooh, actually, I don't know if I want to do this because of where we are. I'm not going to do it. But I, I'm just going to say that I think the Astros are scary for the A's. And, and you know, I'm in the Bay Area, and, and the A's have been great, and they're always great. Besides the White Sox, there's not really a clean pick. The Astros feel like they're coming. I can see that. And, you know, I, I bring it up about three times every show. Run differential, Pythagorean win-loss. You know, when a team is outscored on the season, but they've got a fancy record, you, you sort of wait for the other shoe to drop. And as of this recording, the, the A's have been outscored by five runs on the season. And so I make a big deal of that usually. But I also made a note specifically for the A's when we got there that in the first six games of the season, they were outscored 50 to 13. And... You can't just get rid of those games and pretend they didn't exist, that they didn't count. Like, they count. They they count against their runs scored, runs allowed. They meant something. I just don't think that whatever that meant at the time, the first week of April, I'm going to apply to the A's right now, and they're humming along a little bit better. I'm going to ignore their run differential and say that they're pretty darn solid. At the same time, the Astros... They have a really good run differential. I think there's a reason for that. They are extra scary. You know, they've got Altuve and Correa and, and Bregman are all starting to hum a little bit more than they did last year. They have the lineup. They they have a little bit going on in the rotation with Luis Garcia. You know, like they've got stuff going on that is, it looks legit. So I, I agree with you. I think the Astros are ascendant. I'm giving the A's more credit than I usually would based on their run differential. That's going to be a, a pretty good dogfight in the AL West. Yeah, it's going to be a dogfight. All of them are a dogfight. And it's tough to say that, you know, because I do love the A's and, and they just keep doing it. It's tough to pick any of them, to be honest with you right now. I even think that the, you know, the Brewers at any point, we could just be all of a sudden like, whoa, here are the Brewers because, you know, they have some electric arms. But I'm looking right now at the A's because a lot of times if I'm looking at a run differential and it's it's not like, like what you're saying, I'm curious how is does the other shoe drop when you see that? Because to me, when a team has a winning record but doesn't have a big run differential, it means they have a good bullpen. When they get a lead, they hold it, and like if if, if you take off, they bring in these other you know they bring in these other guys, and it's fine, whatever. But like once they get a lead, they hold it. So it's about just scoring more runs on the games that you're winning, right? So like that's where I think run differential can be misleading to you know necessarily a team winning the World Series or or being a team that wins a division. So, but when I'm looking at their bullpen, it seems like they they definitely have, you know, cuz like a lot of times like if a game gets out of hand, you bring in like you rest your like horses and and you bring in, you know, you don't see the 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 best pitching that they have. They have a very just solid bullpen it looks like. You know, they got the Deekman, he's doing good. Dallas Guerra, Lou Trevino and Petit, you know, these guys are solid. So, I love their bullpen. But really, the the A's they they just you know Olsen's having an incredible season. They do everything right. They play great defense. They pitch solid, and they have some dudes that can just you know like hit homers. They just, they just bang. So they, wow, looking at this right now, uh, I I just realized they got they got three guys with double digit home runs already. So it's tough to you know what like uh, I'm probably gonna eat crow, but. Uh, Picking the Astros, but it's it's going to be a dog fight for sure. I put myself in a trap and I took it. 
<laughs> you know, one thing, when I talk about the run scored, runs allowed, one thing that I always r- try and remember, it's the same thing with like a, re- a team's record in one run games. It's hard to sustain that for multiple years. Like if you are, I remember the 2016 Rangers, they were 36 and 11 in one run games, which is like, which is bananas. And you could say, yes, that's not sustainable. And the next year they, they reverted back to a normal team at the same time those wins are in the bank. So if a team's winning and they're getting outscored on the season, but they've still won a lot, you don't take those wins away. You don't retroactively like repossess them. They're in the bank. So now you've got a team that's at the top of the division playing for the rest of the season. So who cares what the A's uh, run differential is now? Those wins are in the bank. If they're playing like they've played over the last couple months for the remainder of the season, who cares how they got those first wins, whether it's one run wins or or just uh, winning the close ones, getting blown out in the losses. Those wins are there. They're not going away. It's going to be interesting to see. The Astros offense, as, as you look at it, it's just... It's decked with just beasts. Guys having great seasons. Alvarez is back. I think that's huge for the Astros. Gurriel's 881 OPS. Altuve, 842 OPS. Carlos Correa, 820 OPS. Alex Bregman, 836. And and most of these guys are tried and true and get better as you go on. Brantley's on the IL. You know, Tucker's got a 798 OPS. And then Alvarez with the 878. And I think he's going to continue to climb because he missed a whole season. So, uh, you know, you look at that. And you look at their, their their starting pitching, and they got six guys here, five of which are doing phenomenal. Um, McCullers is on the IL. Bullpen kind of shaky, but they can probably make a trade for that. So the Astros are just, um, they're coming. You know, they're scary. Are you struggling to close deals? B2B selling is tougher than ever, and that's why I want to tell you about LinkedIn Sales Navigator. One more great product from LinkedIn. You're there to network, you're there to look for jobs, you're there to post jobs, and how about LinkedIn Sales Navigator? It's a sales intelligence platform that helps professionals effectively prospect and engage high-value customers, drive higher revenue, and increase sales performance. Sales Navigator helps you target the right buyers, surface key signals such as job changes or which accounts you should prioritize and shows you hidden allies so you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. Fueled by LinkedIn's 1 billion member platform, Sales Navigator gives you the most up-to-date first-party data enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash baseball show. That is linkedin.com slash baseball show for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash baseball show and get started. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort, but it's possible to have it both ways. I'm all set for summer thanks to Mack Weldon. The Vesper polo shirt is so breathable you can wear it on the golf course, but it looks classy enough to wear to a party. The Maverick Tech Chino short is ultra flexible, and the Pima Crew Neck t-shirt is perfect for those casual weekends. There's no need to be uncomfortable in your clothing ever again. Some guys just want to look good without calling attention to themselves. Mack Weldon Apparel gives you understated good looks for understated confidence. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of modern life. They look like regular clothes but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. 
Breathable underwear that keeps you cool, dry, and comfy all day. Crazy comfortable but elevated sweatpants. An upgraded classic polo with antimicrobial silver threads. An ultra soft antimicrobial tee for when you need to stay fresh longer. That's the Silver Crew Neck T-shirt. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with promo code MLBSHOW. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. Promo code MLB show. All right. You wanted to talk about home runs and like the home run race and what's going on. You have a junior in either league going bananas with the home runs. So what are you seeing with the home run? Like I'm interested in that because when you're a player, are you keeping tabs on this? You know, who's leading the league in home runs in the national league, the American league when you're a player, or is this something that you're kind of diving into now on the other side? Oh, of course. Like, I mean, pretty much every day you get on the bus after the game, you go look kind of at what the rest of the league get, did, the highlights, you go through, you know, the app or whatever, and, oh, this team got in a fight. Oh, this guy, he hit another homer. He hit another homer. They did this. They did that. Everyone's talking about everything. And, you know, every day you get to the field, MLB, uh, you know, the shows are all on and everyone's listening. So you're definitely, you're in the cocoon of baseball. I love that. I think it was Wade Boggs who called it the cocoon of baseball. You're in this little world and you're all paying attention to everything and, 100% I love the home run race and we're a third of the way through the season and we have the three juniors and then uh, my man Adelis Garcia who's got an incredible swing as well but it's pretty cool I was like I thought that this was really interesting and, and these are three extraordinarily young players that have a ton of swag so all of these homers are like they're just like doing the crazy it's like who can be crazier who can throw the bat more and stand longer so we're watching some pretty uh pretty electric pretty exciting home runs and it's you know the vlad jr we got ronald acuna jr and we got fernando tatis jr so the junior battle's really fun and i'm hoping that it continues and they stay healthy and we get to watch this but men are their bats whipping through the zone so good it's going to be tough not to take vladimir guerrero jr just because like watching his swing it's i mean obviously all their swings are so good but he is just torquing everything vladimir guerrero okay so he's just 22 and we've known he's been coming for a long time. And then there's like that sense when he's up at 20 and he's going through some normal baseball things at 21. It's like, wow, is this ever going to happen? It's like, okay, come on, let's focus. He's like the age of a college senior, give or take. Now what he's doing, he's leading the American League in home runs as of this recording. It's the way he's doing it that is is, is just bananas to me because... If you look at the top five home run hitters right now, second place, you've got Acuna. He strikes out 20% of the time. Third place is Garcia. He strikes out almost 30% of the time. Fourth place is Otani. He strikes out 29% of the time. Fifth place is Devers, 28% of the time. And that's baseball now. It's hitters looking to make the maximum amount of damage on every swing. Strikeouts happen. Who cares? Guerrero, he's got a 14% strikeout rate, which is really, 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 really low for the game of 2021. And he's 22. Like his hit tool, it's like his power tool is obvious, but his hit tool is just bonkers and I can't get over it. And that's what I'm seeing when I'm watching like the clips is how, how clean his swing is, how clean his approach is. It's not ridiculous but Tatis Jr. if he stays healthy it, it, it's going to be insane too because that's a great point by the way Grant but you didn't mention what's Tatis Jr. strikeout percentage and the reason I ask is because I'm watching him hit home runs on balls a foot outside like like Tatis Jr. is just like I don't know where he gets this power from and I it's mega pop and it's mega coordination and it's mega athleticism 
But, like, he hits balls, like, a foot outside. He hits balls a foot inside. But that's the thing also about Guerrero is, like, he doesn't necessarily – neither him or Tatis needs a good pitch to hit out. You could try to walk them and they're going to hit a homer. You know why I miss Tatis entirely is because I'm looking at the, the Fangraphs leaderboard and it's sorted by qualified plate appearances. So he doesn't qualify for the batting title right now, which is like extra, extra wild. <laughs> What's his home runs per at bat then? I will have to look that up. But his to answer your question about his K rate, he is let me sort by home runs. Uh, that makes sense because you kept bringing up like the three juniors at the top. And I was like, yeah, that's right. He struck out 25.5% of the time. So he's like a 2021 player, right? You know, he's just, he's he's banging. He's looking for maximum damage. That's just sort of what he does. Now his home runs per plate appearance. Let me get this. Um, Tatis, he hits a home run uh, almost 10% of his plate appearances. So 9.7% uh, of his plate appearances, which is which is high, you know. And, and like you said, it, you know, he's a big dude. He's 6'3". You know, he's like a, he's a strong athletic guy. It's a baseball kind of athleticism. Like he's not going up there like the tight end for the Patriots. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's looking like a baseball player, like a strong, you know, athletic, whippy baseball player. And he's, he's got the look. Man, I, I don't know. I, I know he's way bigger than I think, but I think of him as like, he looks like this like skinny kid up there. And, you know, he is tall and he's got like, cra he's crazy shredded and ripped and all that. But that flexibility, the speed, and I mean, he's kind of slender. He's, you know, he's a skeleton up there, but he's, he, you know, he's, he's definitely as athletic as they come, explosive as they come. And he doesn't need you to throw him a strike. But the thing that's so exciting about Vlad Guerrero Jr. is you hear like the word through the grapevine is that, you know, he had never really lifted weights he was just kind of natural and that he like really got into like lifting weights this offseason and like I said his swing is it just looks like he like he tightened up a lot of things it's a really clean move that allows him to hit a lot of pitches and watching even like the defensive highlights from him he's running fast he's moving really well so these are the things and like the, lo the low strikeout percentage it's like He's got the hands of his dad, the Vladimir Guerrero hands with like a really great approach and just incredible pop. Just like you saw at the home run derby when he was 21. It's like hitting a home run for him is like, you know, for all of us opening and shutting a door. It's like effortless, you know, he just does it. So it's going to be really fun to watch. Tatis Jr. stays healthy. Ronald Acuna, he's hitting a lot of homers too. And, and Adelis Garcia is pretty amazing as well. So the home run race is something that we all love to watch as baseball fans. And I love the belly yelly. And every time we got on the bus, we'd like belly hit another one. Yelly hit another one. That one was really fun. And it was cool to say belly yelly. Uh, so we have to come up with a name for the ju the junior race. Uh, you know, the, the Maguire Sosa, I remember as a kid. And then obviously the Bonds run. Uh, these are things that are like super exciting for baseball. And it's cool that we have three juniors in the mix. So I don't know. What do we want to call the junior race? Junior, junior, junior. It's got to, you remember you the name like, that uh, Melina? <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be name something that, that plays Melina, out so junior. Now it's name that junior. Name that junior. <laughs> like, I, you're, junior mints, junior. Like, I'm trying to think of different puns you can make it. We'll figure that out. We'll figure that out. The idea that Vladimir Guerrero, like, you said it, you hinted at it. It's like, well, you know, his dad had the athleticism and, and, the, and everything, and now you've got junior. I remember watching his dad play in. 
it was kind of like, boy, what if he were more selective? What if you could take this athleticism, this this raw baseball talent? And Vlad Sr. was known for like hitting balls that would bounce off the plate, a foot outside. He'd take it to right field. He was just so strong, so quick, so good. One of the most exciting baseball players I've ever seen. But you always had that hint like, well, what if he could just be that player, but like a more controlled fury, like within the strike zone? And like... It's happening and it's his son and like it's bizarre to think like we're it's almost like I wished it into existence. It's like, yes, I get to see this. It's fun times as a baseball fan to, to see that name that junior is going to be a good time. We'll see uh, see next week uh, who's who's still in the lead, how smart we are uh, and how dumb baseball makes us look. All right. This has been episode 10 of the Baseball Barista podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week to jabber about baseball. Thanks a lot. Jibber jabber. I love coffee! <laughs>